Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Mercatani with Matt Chat. Today, my guest is from the Ohio RTC, the Ohio State coaching staff, and the newest member of the Division II Wrestling Hall of Fame, Tervel Delagnev. Coach, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you coming on, and um, I would wanted to have you on this week anyway with obviously the big dual meet, and then I saw the announcement about your Hall of Fame induction, so congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, and I guess that's a – we talked a little bit the last time about your path in wrestling and how you started and everything else, but maybe something like going in the Hall of Fame you know, makes you a little nostalgic, kind of look back on things. So when you think about your time uh, in Division Two, who were some of the people that were really critical in your development in those days? Um, well, obviously my – my college coach, Mark Bauer, he's getting inducted alongside with me, which is really cool. That's awesome. Um, he, you know, he was super instrumental in my development. He just, you know, he's just a good leader, good man of integrity, so easy man to follow. So he taught me a lot of things, and, you know, I respect him a lot. We still keep in touch, so he's a big one. And then a lot of the relationships I made, I still I made some lifelong friends in Kearney. And uh, the community at Kearney as a whole, but, you know, guys on my team that were, you know, that I still talk to every day that were really special, that were really driven people that, you know, were very great wrestlers in their own right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we just kind of came together and, you know, kind of forged some, some lifelong bonds, so to speak. So, you know, my, I was very happy with, with my, my road uh, through Division Two. Right, and you were on really good teams back then as well, right? Didn't your team win at least one or two team titles, or am I am I incorrect about that? Yeah, we won one. We won uh, the first national title. My senior year, we won the first national title in program history. So, but we had we got second a bunch of times. Um, so we finally broke through our senior year. Yeah, so you you were. I mean, obviously, you ended up being the you know the best guy in terms of long term career. But you're right. You had a lot of other really good guys on that on that team. Is is there anybody you'd like to give a quick shout out to that you know had some good success alongside of you? Yeah, my buddy Jeff Rutledge was a three time All American, and uh, he's one of my best friends. I talk to him a lot, and you know he's a, he's now a coach at Lincoln East alongside one of my other buddies who's a two time All American, uh, Keenan McCurdy. They both co head coach Lincoln East High School in Nebraska, who are, who's ranked uh, number one in Nebraska right now. So they kind of nice. Built built that program up, so they're doing awesome as coaches, and my buddy Joe Ellenberger, who uh, he was a two-time All-American, and, you know, they all had a chance to to win titles, and, you know, they just didn't quite get there, but they all had, you know, premier wins over national champs and Division One All-Americans, so they were really good wrestlers. Awesome, awesome. Well, one of the things that struck me, and, and the last time we spoke – First of all, I got just a ton of really positive feedback about having you on the show. So I, I you know, really want to thank you for that. And uh, most of it centered around your coaching philosophy, um, how you approach competition, um, how you approach, approach practice, um, how you deal with stress. And I don't really want to make you go through the whole thing again. But I guess what I want to ask you, because I didn't the last time, is your coaching philosophy is really unique. Um, who are the, the person or people that really kind of influence you 
to come to the to the thoughts and belief patterns that you have today? Um, I mean, I think it was just a general, you know, experience of you know small pieces of different things. It was just how how certain people reacted to me, whether on the good end or bad end. You know, you learn from both. So a lot of it was, you know a coach would say something to me and, and it would stress me out. So I would just kind of make a mental log to say, never say that to an athlete when you're coaching, you know, or never, never put that expectation on an athlete or, you know, never communicate that, that trial in such, um, you know, a lackadaisical way to someone who's, who's in it because, um, you know, things like just the language you use and, and the importance or unimportance you put on something can really affect someone. Um, and then also on the positive end, when someone, you know, said something to me that really, you know, de-stressed me and allowed me to get excited, I, you know, I would kind of log that, like, that's a good way. And then I would expand on it. And then a lot of it was experience as far as just things that I tried to figure out, things that I really felt, you know, like learned about myself and just started to understand about how, how to deal with, um, you know, just, just kind of going head on toward, toward reality and, and trying to, you know, not, you know, we spoke last time, not being afraid of real life, but, you know, kind of try to take it as a challenge and, you know, not don't, you know, it's dangerous to convince yourself of, you know, absolute outcomes because they might not come no matter how much you think <laughs> you deserve, no matter how much you think you deserve it, no matter how much you think you earned it, no matter how much you think you're a better representation of what what a champion is than the than your opponent no matter no matter what it is uh you losing is always an option um and so (laughs) so you have to get to a place where you know that that doesn't scare you and um and your life won't be over if uh if you put it out on the line and, and still don't get what you want so um just a lot of things like that um and it's really interesting you say it's unique um, and I think it is because not a lot of people talk about it. And I'm very – I think that the, the piece that's unique about, you know, the way that I try to communicate is I just try to be very honest with people um, about how I'm feeling, about how they might be feeling. Um, and I just think that, you know, honesty is one of those things that, you know, we, people try to skirt around issues by, you know, maybe brainwashing themselves one way or, or saying things that aren't true just to try to – you know, seem tough or try to convince themselves they are tough or ready. And I just try to be very honest. I try to, you know, keep it pretty, pretty chill like that. But it's really interesting to me because, um, well, you know, the, the, the UCLA basketball coach, really famous, um, John Wooden, John Wooden. John yeah. Wooden. Yeah. yeah. So, so his, his coaching philosophy is very, very similar to, the kinds of things like obviously mine's wrestling specific and you know there's a lot of specific you know thoughts that go through a you know a combat athlete's head that that are specific but but as far as like how he encourages how he teaches things he doesn't say things he does say very similar and i always find it interesting that that he did very well you know yeah. I mean, he's one, yeah. He, yeah that's an understatement yeah Went like yeah, nine so, or ten in a row, yeah. Exactly. So so he's he's one of the most successful coaches at his craft. But what's interesting to me is he's very he's one of the he's he's one of the least like emulated coaches. Yeah. Like or or imitated. So it's like he won a lot, but people don't 
don't imitate him in his philosophy as much. That's why it seems unique. And I'm coming to find out the reason is it's, it's just hard. It's hard not to scream at a kid when they do something stupid. It's hard. It's, it's, it's difficult to be compassionate towards someone who isn't, who's, who's, you know, does get, does the same thing, the same mistake over and over and over. I mean, it's like sometimes it's very difficult to maintain your emotional control as a coach. And so I find myself fighting for it. Um, and I just feel like a lot of coaches just don't fight. They, they, they're done fighting. They, they, their fighting days are over. As, as athletes, they were willing to fight. And now as coaches, it's kind of like the Wild West. They don't, they, don't, they don't have any control over themselves. They just say what they want. And they think that that's going to motivate people. So um, I just think that, you know, I'm kind of committed to a, you know, difficult style of coaching because maybe it doesn't appeal to everyone. Maybe it doesn't reach everyone. But I just think that the experience of a kid, the relationships you can build with a kid, and just the overall potential and progress uh, can be grown through just loving loving people. Yeah. Coach, you know, you you said so many things here. I've been literally writing notes like a secretary while you're talking because there's – I'm just going to go to my notes one at a time. So one of the things that you said was, you know, I wrote down why honesty is so crucial to effective coaching. And I coached for about 20 years. And my takeaway is that kids are sort of the best guys or best people in the world at detecting BS because their whole life is really about that. Like they have no money, they have no power, you know, they don't have a car, they don't have a job. Like, they kind of are used to, in a lot of cases, kind of having to finesse things to get what they want. And so, you know, if they know you're not being straight with them, they may not call you out because they're not in a position to, but that relationship is, is permanently damaged. And conversely, if you're always straight with them, even if it's painful, even if it's embarrassing to you, it feels like those coaches are the guys that get the most out of their athletes when the chips are absolutely down. Is is that sort of a part of, if you think about it, a part of your philosophy? Is that, am I honest? Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's spot on. Um, and I, you know, I, I definitely feel like, I mean, especially as wrestlers, we're, it's hard to be vulnerable, right? Because you, especially as a coach, a figure of authority, you know, someone that's supposed to be awesome, you know, it's like, obviously, like, I've, I've, I've had enough accolades that, you know, there's certain people that, that think what I've done is cool, you know? So it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So whatever the case may be, but so, so, so much of our time and mental energy is spent on trying to be the person that you expect me to be and, uh, and be that flawless, you know, like, like have an answer for everything, be flawless, be smart, you know, cause, cause if a, if a college kid asks you a question and you don't know it, then, then, then you're no better than he is, right? So, so all these silly thoughts that come into your head as a as a as a as a person of authority or as a person, you know, as a mentor, you always just want to have something readily available for a kid. Um, but you know, I try to I try to humble myself in the fact that, like, if you don't know, don't make it up. Like, like be like stand your ground. Like, be show them who you really are. And and you know, you, just because if they think you're the world. Then maybe 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 the, their image of you needs to be brought down a bit, you know, because that's that's 
you know, I don't, I don't want anyone thinking that, that I'm flawless because that's just crazy. So I definitely uh, try to be very honest with all the guys, try to, you know, with the things that I struggled with, with the expectation. And I voice my expectations of them in a way that says like, listen, I'm pushing you for toward this because I, I truly believe it's the best thing for you. Not because I'm necessarily did it. Like there's a lot of things that I'm pushing athletes to do that I couldn't do myself that I, that I, I was, I was too scared to do. I was too nervous to do. I was too, um, you know, fearful about my image, about my legacy, you know, whatever it was that held me back from, from, being the best version of myself every single time are all the things, you know, my failures are things that I draw from to try and propel, propel guys forward just as much as the things that I'm proficient in. It's so well said. And, and obviously, you, you know, if, unless I'm a knucklehead, I'm going to at some point ask you about Kyle Snyder in this interview. And I think that's, you know, I think eventually when we get to that topic, that that's part of it, right? Because he's done things that very few people in the world have done, even fewer people in the United States. And, you know, he's he's won more than, you know, everybody in your wrestling room right now. So, you know, it doesn't mean you can't be a good coach to him. And I, the part about humbling yourself, I think obviously rings true to a guy like Kyle because you hear about how important you've been to his development and he's not measuring it like, well, I won Wex or I won X, excuse me. And, and Tervel won Y, you know, he's just looking at it as you're, you're a great coach and a mentor to him. Yeah. I mean, we have a good relationship and I think part of that was, you know, based on, you know, all these things that I'm talking about with just being honest with them and, and uh, just trying to help it. Like, like seeing, seeing the big picture and, and, you know, by the time I figured out a lot of ways to, to, you know, gain on your potential, I was a little bit too beat up to really try it. Um, yeah. So I kind of, you know, I, I figured a lot of stuff out toward the back end of my career, which, which, which was really cool because he is learning all that stuff in the front end of his career. So, um, but again, you know, like just, just like any other human, <coughs> it's, it's, like I have to, I have to rein myself in on both sides. So there, there are times where, you know, I feel like there's, there's like, like I feel like, well, I, I need to still keep impressing Kyle so he thinks I'm valuable. You know? <laughs> yeah, I guess, know? I bet that's a real thought process. Yeah. That, what is, you know? Because it's like the second someone, you know, it's like he gives me a lot of credit, and and you know, it's 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 flattering. But obviously, I mean, I think he would have won, no matter what. He's just a special guy, but. You know, it's flattering. It gives me a lot of credit and mentorship and, and friendship and stuff. But but being as it may, like once someone says that about you, it's like you you now I have to live up to the standard of yeah. like make sure you're still telling them things that, that that are helping. You know, so 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 I have to fight that. Sometimes I just go alongside him and like I learn from him. Sometimes I'm just just tell him that you know you know his muscles look big today. You know, sometimes <laughs> whatever. You know, nobody nobody's sad to hear that, right? so so it's not always about so so that's a thought and then on the other end it's like you also you know definitely even as a coach don't act like it doesn't happen but you know there are times where like it's easy to get jealous that like he's done everything that i couldn't you know so it's like like it's it's you know you have to keep yourself from being jealous of your athletes as well as 
being, you know, a false mentor towards, you know, just trying to trying to fabricate wisdom where you don't have it. So, you know, I'm just, I'm still learning this thing, but um, I'm doing it as openly and as, uh, as, as, as honestly um, and as best I can. That's, yeah, it's awesome. Um, when we were originally talking about how you got to this point in your coaching career, one of the things I wrote down was you mentioned that you would sort of make a mental note and you sort of have like these things or phrases that either cause stress or things that actually helped relax you, helped you perform better. And I have a bunch of buddies of mine that are high school coaches that listen to us. I'm actually meeting a bunch of them tomorrow night. We're going to go watch the dual meet. So what are maybe a couple of things on the good side and a couple of things on the bad side that you heard along the way that you, you know, you thought I'm never going to say it that way or I'm going to try to say it like that way as often as possible because it, it really had a positive impact on you. Um, let me think. Well, so, so the, the, the first two things that come to mind aren't so much phrases. They're just kind of philosophies. Okay, sure. Um, but I remember the first heading, the heading. Of, so I have a little note in my phone, a little coach's note. When I was competing probably the last three or four years, not two, three years of my competing days, I just knew, like, I want to eventually be a coach. So I had a little note. For, for things that I wanted to do as a coach or not do, right? So that's this note that I, you know, these mental notes that I'll just jot down. And the heading was was my, my heading in bold capital letters with a bunch of exclamation points was, don't ever forget how hard this was. Um, because I feel like that's, the, that's one of the first things that goes from an athlete to a coach is – you just forget how difficult this was. Like, because from the outside looking in, it's so easy to say, why didn't you do this? Or, you know, that technique or, or just open up, you know, we say crazy stuff like <laughs> just, just, just let it fly. But it's like, as an athlete, I just remember thinking I had a very interesting 2015 where I, where I made the team, but then I had a back surgery. So I pulled out. So I was kind of a spectator for six months and then I got back into it. And during those spectator days, I had no stress. And I remember that was when I did a lot of this, like, introspection because it's like once you don't have the stress of competing, mm -hmm. you, become, you become an absolute master of wrestling. It's like the second you don't have to do it yourself, <laughs> you, know, you just know exactly what to do. Like I had this, I had this, I had this, ex, I had this whole script, like I'm going to shoot 20 times a match. I'm going to, I'm going to never stop moving. I'm going to fake every three seconds. I'm going to do techniques this way. I'm, I have all these ideas, all these, all these self challenges. And then when I got back in the room, I was like, damn, this stuff's hard. <laughs> so, so, so that idea of, of just don't forget what it was like. So, you know, like, like definitely don't settle, like don't say the wrong thing or don't give ground on things that are right but communicate them in such a way that, that you want that that athlete knows you understand that you're asking a lot of them and you appreciate him trying, you know, that's, that's, that's a big one. Um, I never like coming, like thinking about positions. One of the things that I really like is just um, try. So, so I, I put down um, have, have an option from every single position. Have an, have an option, minimum, one option from, from every single position you can think of. And then eventually have two or three 
And so technically that was kind of the idea of like how I wanted to teach was like, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of ideas of, you know, keep the match in the realm you're good in. Well, that's just really hard to do sometimes, but you should, you should never be, you should never run out of ideas. So even if you're not awesome in every single situation, you should always have some type of technique to fight for because that keeps you from entering emotional stress. So when your legs get super heavy and, and you can't move and, and, and you feel like you're stuck in the sand, that's not physical exhaustion. That's emotional exhaustion because every single day in practice, no matter how tired you are, you never get that heavy legs feeling. You never get like that stuck in the sand feeling. It's only in competition, only when something's on the line. And we just don't have that many reps. You know, the only time you really get emotional stressful reps is in competition and you only get so many matches a year where two two times a day every day you're getting physical reps you right. know so we don't have a problem with with regaining our, our composure from physical exhaustion necessarily sometimes we do but for the most part it's that emotional stress and it comes it comes quickest when you have nothing else to think about in the match so like if you're in a position and you just don't know what you could do that's stressful if you have something you can do, even if you don't do it, even if it gets a takedown, you just you're thinking about the wrestling, and the more you think about the situation at hand, the more you will keep yourself in physical exhaustion and not emotional mental exhaustion. And so, one of the things that you know I wrote down was have provide at least one option from every single wrestling position you can think of, and then eventually get two or three so that you know, there's just a lot there. Just understand wrestling very well. So, you know, that was one. Um, just things like that. Just ways to. Well, and then there are all ways to reduce either either reduce stress or increase productivity, depending on how you look at it, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's in, it's it's really interesting. Like, um, my mother does public speaking for a living, and you know the joke is that people's number one fear is public speaking, and number two is death. And Seinfeld had the Seinfeld had the joke that you know if people um, had to go to a funeral, there'd more people would rather be in the box than giving the eulogy. You know, but I think like if you take public speaking, like if I asked you, if you came to St. Louis and on a whim I said, hey, could you talk about wrestling and your philosophy? Like I think you're a nice guy. You clearly do a great job. Because it's what you know and it's what you like and I think you like to share. If I said, hey, can you talk about, you know, physics or what's going on in the Mideast or something that you just don't, you know, very little or nothing about, then it's terrifying, I would think. And it's it's like that heavy legs feeling like it's it's like you said, like you're used to the speaking part isn't the hard part. It's the situation and the topic. Just like you said, you wrestle all the time, but somehow you can get exhausted in seven minutes. So I think the yeah. psychology of that is so interesting to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump gears a little bit. What, you know, I've talked to Tom Ryan a couple times, always been a class act. You know, one of the guys I work with said if, you know, if every Division One coach was like Tom Ryan, you know, our sport would be a better place. So what is he like as a coach? What is he like as a mentor to you? And what is he like to the guys, for those of us that don't get to see him every day? Uh, Tom's awesome, man. I mean, he's, he's, a, great, he's a great leader. Um, he's a great boss. He's, uh, he's very 
he's just he's, he's very smart he's very you know he builds relationships he's a relationship builder and he's a relationship keeper which is pretty you know the thing that makes him more stand out than you know because there's a lot of any head coach has to be a relationship builder to you know raise funds and to to, to coordinate teams and and to you know you know gain the, the trust of, of his leadership but um he really does value relationships and you know he he I mean, he's constantly, you know, he always texts back everybody and he's constantly, you know, like, like keeping up with, with, with donors, with boosters, they become his friends, you know, and, and with, as, as far as the team, he just, you know, he loves the guys. He loves the guys. He's very intense. You know, he's very old school. He came from, came from that Iowa, old school 90s Iowa mentality. So sometimes, you know, it comes out in a, in a very, very entertaining way because he's, he's he has it in him, but he also, you know, has the self-regulatory, you know, intelligence to understand when he's like overstepping or, or saying something crazy. Um, so there's this like dichotomy in his head that comes out in a very entertaining way for the spectator. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, he's very knowledgeable, you know, he's, 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 he's a great motivator. He's the way he, I mean, if, if you ever heard the guy speak, you know, it's like he, he draws you in when he speaks, just even in his silly, whether it's silly or serious or motivational talks uh, before practice um, or before dual meets, he just, he kind of just, the way he talks just grips you. You just want to hear the end of end of the story or the end of the message. Um, and he's been, he's been awesome. You know, he, he teaches, he teaches very well. He's, you know, leads by example. He's, um, he, he also, you know, he, he's, he's, he learns, he learns from people. He's, you know, he knows what he's good at and he knows what he needs to get better at. So he's, you know, it's a lot of integrity. He's a compelling guy to listen to, like you said. And one of the things that I think impresses me about him is, and I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but his willingness to almost check his ego at the door that, hey, if, if Tervell or back when Lou was there, you know, Coach Rosselli, or Jay, you know, or whoever, if they have a better connection with this guy or they've spent more time with them, then those guys should be in the corner and I'm okay, you know, not, not being the center of attention. And I think when a guy leads like that, it, 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 it has to bleed over into everybody else in the program, right? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things he says is like, and I don't remember which one of his mentors told him this, but he says it's like, you treat your you treat your assistants like like their head coaches, you know. And so he does he does you know really good job with that. He makes us I mean he makes us feel very valued. Um, I know you know Jay Ralph and I feel very valued to be on his staff. Um, yeah. He 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 voices that he um you know he lives it out. He 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 values us, and so that helps. That makes you want to produce your best you know when when someone that you know when your boss values you at the level he does us that you know it makes us want to work harder and, and do our best yeah it's it's you know you certainly guys don't need any help in terms of recruiting or getting people to want to go there but um he seems like a guy who's an awfully cool leader and maybe cool is the wrong word but like a guy you'd want to wrestle for and um certainly a guy that's it's put producing re- results so um, let, let me jump to Snyder. Like, obviously, you know, just back from the Oregon, um, you know, and I, I talked to some guys. I told them I was going to interview you. And these are like some of the, the – these are probably the three best questions I got. So I'll, I'll give them to you, and you can tackle them in any order you want. 
What is it like to coach one of the best guys on earth? How do you challenge a guy like him on a daily basis? And what is he doing so that he's effectively managing his time in terms of academics, travel, you know, working out, training? You know, besides being organized, is there some special sauce that, that he's doing that the rest of us aren't? Um, so give me one, give me those one at a time. Okay. And I'll just answer them back. Sure. What is it like to coach one of the best guys on earth? <laughs> um, you know, I touched on it a little bit earlier. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of people, I mean, coaching's kind of weird, right? Because it's like people, when, when someone's doing really well, they're like, Hey, that's, you know, you taught them that. And it's like, I don't know if I did or not. I mean, <laughs> you, you never, you never really know. I mean, but, uh, but like, like, like we were talking earlier, it, I mean, it's really cool. Obviously, I'm just happy because once you get to know a kid and once, you know, you build a relationship, you just want to see him do well. So, like, I mean, obviously, he's done pretty darn well. And so um, the things that I try to remind him of are, you know, just all the stuff that, that come with winning. And that's, you know, you start to think when winning comes, you start to think incorrectly. You know, sometimes it, it's intoxicating. And, um, what do, you, and, I wanna, what do you mean when you're winning, you start thinking incorrectly? What is, what do you mean by well, that? Well, just very, very, um, I just remember, so so here's kind of how, I'll give you an example of, of the, the circle of, the circle of productivity, so to speak. And so in 2012, I, I went on a streak of, I won everything, so like, I, I won like all my matches, I didn't lose. It was old rules. I didn't lose a period for like like a couple months. And I went to the to the to the trials, to like two overseas tournaments, to the World Cup. I wrestled all the medalists. I wrestled, you know, I was, I was beating everybody. Okay. And um and and I remember I had made a commitment to myself, like you like 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 no matter what, like like you make it about the wrestling. Like like if it's if it's not fun, you're gonna quit. You know, it's like just. Like stop, stop making this so stressful. Stop making this so, so personal. And the fact that you you have to produce results, just go out and see what you got. And I remember just going out with a very tenacious attitude. Well, then as I as I continued to chalk up W's, something was happening in the the background, and I was starting to fall in love with winning a little more than I was staying in love with actual wrestling and so so the intoxication of that winning and of everyone going dang you know projecting me to win this and medal there and you know and so when i got to the olympic games i didn't medal and and not meddling was like i mean i just took it super embarrassing shot to my shot totally destroyed me um my, you know, my identity was, was, was all over the place. You know, I, like my faith was rocky. I just, there was months and months of like in and out of like probably, I mean, I didn't get diagnosed, but I was probably in clinical depression in and out, like just, just hating, you know, my circumstances. And I remember, you know, I remember thinking like, like, what are you doing? You know, like, like, like you, you told yourself, see what you got. Like you didn't have enough one day and now the world's over. Like, obviously you, 
you know, you weren't valuing the wrestling, you were valuing the winning. And so, so I just think that that's something that happens to everyone is like, you, you, you kind of find the right way to motivate yourself and it naturally leads to more winning because you're producing more of yourself. But then with more winning, the bad thoughts and the bad values kind of sneak back in. And so if you're not careful, you can find yourself in a place of, you know, one, two, three years down the road where you absolutely hate wrestling and all you want to do is just finish out your, you know, I just got to finish because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to break records, you know? Yeah. And so you lose the joy. Yeah. You lose the joy. You lose the joy. You start wrestling for all these things that just won't just are just fear operated and, and, you know, just won't free you up. So I think Kyle does a good job of managing his thoughts, but no one's immune to it. And so, you know, I try to remind him like, Hey, find ways to, you know, like just keep drawing from, the mastery and how fun it is to, to just challenge yourself to be better. And, 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 um, and that's one of the, that kind of leads into the second question. How do you challenge them? And it's always, I mean, to, to, to be, it's, it's really interesting because one of Kyle's, I mean, Kyle's strongest things is how his motivation, like how hard he's willing to try, how hard he's willing to fight, how, how much, um, mental stability he's willing to, you know, go through to, you know, wrestle well or, you know, to, to be stingy. And, but, but he still isn't the, the best pure wrestler on the planet, I don't think. Like, in, in terms of pure wrestling movements, yeah, I, I don't think he's, you know, I think he, he, still, he still has a lot of things he wants to do. And still, a lot of a lot of techniques he wants to master. A lot of a lot of positional, you know, awareness, you know, level jumps he wants to do. And so, you know, we kind of tackle those together. You know, I push him in, in small areas. I make sure that he's you know trying stuff. I make sure that he's not just beating people up with three moves. That he's putting himself in the situations that, that the best guys are going to put him in. And he's he tries to figure it out. He tries to score from different places. Sometimes he, you know. He does, you know, sometimes it's don't use, don't use your hand fight, use your speed. Sometimes it's try to slick them. Sometimes it's let them in and try to defend, you know, let them in, get yourself in a really bad place and see if you can get yourself out of it. Sometimes it's, and then along the way, it's always, if they score, who cares? You know, if they're like building the, menta <laughs> building the mentality of don't get to the place where you just want to be perfect because perfection is stressful. Get to the place where imperfection excites you where you you can get to a position and just do something totally crazy and and and, and, and kind of grimy and and kind of get through a position that that might not feel that good but but just you figured it out you know on the fly yeah and 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 you just you're fine with it um so you know things like that is is how kind of how how you know we try to push them yeah it's one of the things that, like, losing, hey, if you lose, it's not a big deal. Everybody I talk to about that guy, I, that's what I tell him. I'm like, it just doesn't seem like he doesn't stress about losing. Like, you know, I mean, that's just from the outside looking in. So it's it's interesting to me that, you know, a, a bunch of things you said, like, tr are triggers. Like, people in the media, like, we all just judge it by, you know, like, the story from Eurigan is we had three champs. You know, it's not like who got better. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, and, and, and I, you know, 
to be fair, like that's the job, right? To 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 report the headline. Yeah. But but it's not what the guys should you know the men and women that are competing should be focusing on and you know your honesty about how that affected you in your own way is really is really eye opening um yeah i think you kind of addressed you know how do you challenge a guy like him so i mean i think that's you know that's more than covered so i i guess one of the things that i you know to me you listen to certain guys you're like that guy was maybe not born to be a coach but it sure seems like you know the gods put their hands on him it's like what are your long-term goals for coaching? Is it to be a head coach, to be an RTC guy, to be a USA Wrestling? Like, what what are the thoughts that go through your head? Um, I don't know. Right now, I'm very happy with with my role. Um, I'm still learning. Um, I definitely can't do what Tom does at the moment. So, I'm I'm uh, I'm not yet equipped to run. I mean, I don't know. Like, if I had to run a program right now, it would be very different. And who knows how successful it would be. Um, just Tom, Tom just has him back for all the, I mean, for lack of a better term, all the, all the boring stuff, all the, all the, <laughs> all, all the minutia, the monotony of, of running a program that he's so, he's so in tune with. So, you know, definitely watching him, you know, there's a reason why, you know, Ohio State's successful and there's a reason why he's been successful. Um, but I feel like I definitely still have some maturing to do to reach that point. Um, and to be able to do it as well as him. Uh, but, you know, I love I love what I'm doing. I love, you know, learning more stuff. I love interacting with, with guys. So, I mean, at any one of those, you know, I, I feel like as I grow, grow older and, you know, get more and further into this stuff, I'll kind of funnel into – but I definitely, you know, have dreams about, you know, running a program. I have a lot of ideas that I don't even know if – Heck, might run a program into the ground for all I know, but I have a lot of unique <laughs> ideas. I have a lot of unique ideas that I would like to try, you know, on my, you know, because then, because no matter how good of an assistant you are, you still don't, you're still not the, you know, the guy, the, the, the end all say all, you know, so. You're not the boss. You're not the boss. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so yeah, eventually it'd be interesting to do that, but I, you know, I really love freestyle. So, you know, that, that avenue is definitely not closed off and, um, but right now I'm just, I'm trying to learn as much as I can and still, you know, trying to get myself to a, a place of, I want to be, I want to be so, so emotionally controlled that, that no circumstance can shake me. And it's kind of one of my personal goals. It's like, I don't want to ever lose my cool, which is difficult. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think if we're all honest, that happens to all of us sometimes. So, well, well I want to spend the last few minutes talking about um, the duel. And I maybe from a different perspective. Like, I think, obviously, you guys are going to do your best to win the meet. But, you know, I look – and, again, you know, like, guys like us in the media, our job is to look for what we think might happen and all these things. So, one of the things that I look at is like, you know, weight classes like 174 and 184. If those guys wrestled three times in the next seven weeks, you know, at the duel, at the Big Tens, and at the Nationals, it would not be shocking. So I'm going to maybe ask you a question that's a little bit different. How do you coach like those guys, like, like Bo Jordan and Miles Martin? Like, if you have something that you think was really going to theoretically work against the Hall, 
sword against a nickel? Do you save it? Do you use it right away? Do you do you not even worry about it the first time through? Do you you know do you not scout them at all and just wait till the nationals or you know what's the approach like that there? Because it feels like there's so many different ways you could go. Um. Well, the way that I personally like to try to treat wrestling is not make one match more special than the next and not not, you know, prepare for March, you know, kind of thing. Okay. And, you know, I feel like every match matters, every position matters, because I think the choices you make are the only things that continue on. So whether you whether you execute a skill or not, whether you um, whether you try, you know, whether you win, whether you lose, whether you get the takedown, whether you don't, none of the, all that stays in that last match. Um, but the things that you get to take with you are the decisions you made, the, the, the mental clarity that you, you know, kind of talked yourself into, whether, you know, good or bad, just the, 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 the ability to, to excite yourself, the, the ability to handle the stress, the ability to, to choose the hard things, to, to go when you need to, even when you were tired, to, to continue scrambling, to not protect, to, 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 to take a risk, all those things. And I think that, like I said, we don't get that many emotional reps, get that many stressful. Oh, you can't ever, you can't ever save, you can't ever save an opportunity to try those things. And so my thing is the best wrestlers in the world are the most consistent wrestlers in the world. And, and you can put that in every degree. The most consistent wrestlers in the nation are the best. Well, and um, in so, other sports, too, right? Like, the reason why Jordan was so great in basketball wasn't his best game. It was how good he was in, when he was sick in his worst game, right? I mean, ex- excellence yeah. is excellence, right? Exactly. And yeah. so that's one of the – so it's like, listen, if you if you lose today, you know, you need to learn to tell yourself that today is today and you need to leave it behind. And if you win today – And, and be ready to wrestle under new circumstances with with whatever's given to you then. Now, do you try to reproduce the things that work? Absolutely. Do you try to – but do you expect some technique or some scouting report to be magic? Absolutely not. So we, we do the same – you know, we, we try, try to treat the same match. Listen, they've wrestled. They're very familiar with each other. So we have a plan that – you know, the plan is 30%, um, and there's 70% of, well, what's actually going to happen that's floating around out there that, that we're preparing for, you know. And so we just, we, I just want these guys to, to go out and, and perform well, and, you know, whatever the result, I'll be very happy with it, as long as they fight in every position, take some risks, and, and you know, and make wrestle the way that, you know, they're proud of themselves. Yeah, I get it may all make sense. Um, I'm going to ask maybe a rhetorical question, but how is how important is it for you guys to win the meet versus how important is it for you to wrestle well? And, and I think we all know that one can happen without the other. Like you can get lucky and win, or you can wrestle really great and something bad, you know, bad luck happen to you and lose. So how important is, is literally like who gets the W this week and you guys are Penn State? How important is that? 
Um, I mean, obviously, I would put more importance on the performance. But, I mean, if I'm going to – I'm not going to sit here and, and, and pretend like winning doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so, I mean, winning, no matter how much of a purist you are, no matter how much of a – there's still a piece of you. The best reinforcer of the right attitude is for it to win for you. You know, so, so, so there's a piece, and again, this is kind of the edge of, of, of the philosophy that I try to preach because it's kind of in the gray area where it's like, I still find myself being like, I want this kid to do everything right and then win so that he can see that the right things win, you know? And so, so, so now, you know, we're getting into a kind of a, a funny area because it's like, I'm not preaching, I'm not doing all this stuff so I can guarantee winning, but, but I just know that. If these guys, they're so talented, I know that if they would go out and, and do the things that they're capable of, right? They, they, a lot of them will win. And, 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 and I'm sure that the other, you know, Penn State thinks the same for their guys. They have a lot of talented guys. But it's like, like I, I would love, like winning, when you go out and, and, and just totally take a risk or, you know, take a, take a gamble on a certain style of wrestling or a certain thought process that you're like, you know what, it doesn't feel like I should. But I'm just gonna go out and let loose and just I'm not, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrestle like like this match doesn't matter and then you win it will just it's just a strong reinforcer of like hey see so um, I just know there was a lot of times where you know I was so mentally broke from the stress I put on myself that I go man I don't even care anymore and I had a really good performance and then I remember like that was feedback to myself going. Maybe you don't have to obsess over a match to get to perform well, because there I was. I actually didn't even care about that match, and I won. So, <laughs> so, so, so sometimes, you know, you learn and you reinforce a, a, a good pattern. But what? But also on the flip side, I don't want, I don't want those guys to just go out and slip on banana peels. We jump on top of them and wave our hands in the air like we're the best. Like I want to produce good wrestling. And so definitely, yeah, yeah. If, if we walk out of there with a W and and it was just Penn State was just flat as ever and and all of them came out with mono and we just <laughs> and we just mopped the floor with them, it like would I would I I mean, would I take it? Of course <coughs> you take you take what's given to you, but would I be would I be very proud of myself and act like we did something spectacular? Absolutely not. It would just be like, All right, whatever. You wanna beat them at their best and you wanna you want all of it. You want to produce great wrestling. You want to wrestle them at their best, and you want your your great wrestling to produce victories. I would. I mean, I think that's basically it, right? Exactly. And I mean, and you want. I just want, and I want whatever happens. I want the guys to walk out of there with the belief that you know, with 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 more belief in themselves. Like I just want because this. I mean, this is a tough team, and so going out there and just fighting. So whether it's with a, a loss. Whatever it is, I just want them to never venture into the 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 emotional. Oh no, what do I do? I just want them to to let the wrestling be the wrestling. And if listen, if 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 they're not the best wrestler that day, then then they don't win. But I don't want them to go out there at sixty percent of themselves and question themselves. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So. One of the things that I hear all the time, and, you know, we tried to do it when I was coaching in junior college, but it's this term peaking. 
And I think it's it's used all the time, but it's really seldom understood. So, you know, I'm not going to ask you when you peak your guys, you know, but, you know, what is what is the physical and psychological stuff that literally goes into peaking? Because the way I've always seen it is sometimes it's actually tapering guys down. Sort of the opposite of peaking is almost training through a meet, like, hey, we're going to work out hard today, even though you have a meet tonight, because there's things we have to get better at that are more important than whether or not, you know, you win this match, or we have confidence you're going to win this match anyway, Travell, so you don't, you know, even if you don't feel 100%, we're looking at the greater good. So what is your philosophy on peaking, and, and just broad strokes, how do you guys implement that? Um, I think the peaking aspect physically, you know, we have sports science guy that, you know, is very, very um, uh, learned on uh, on recovery modalities and just how your body reacts to certain stressors. And so, you know, we have a lot of things we do with the guys, you know, uh, coming up to big meets. Like you said, we'll train through certain ones. We'll, 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 uh, we'll, you know, we'll, recover more for certain ones um and so the physical side of it is you know the, the strength coach changes the routines the you know we 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 taper or we ramp up the practices um you know all, all that stuff you know is kind of the basic stuff but i think you know the way your body feels is important but i also think the psychological part of peaking is teaching because so much of wrestling is we put so much on preparation, like, hey, you're prepared, therefore, you know, like, lean on your preparation. I mean, you hear coaches say it, like, like just believe in your preparation, and that's what you need to, you know, like, like that's that's your confidence. Well, I just feel like at some, like, sometimes you almost need to coach a guy to be okay with feeling good. Like, we're so used to just being run down that sometimes it's like these guys freak out when it's like, like I haven't worked out three times today, and it's like you're fine. You're gonna you're like you're like your wrestling will is still your wrestling. You know you don't need to like grind yourself into the into the ground um, to produce good wrestling. You know because and so and from that aspect, you know you almost have to like calm guys down and be like, listen, like this is this is this is going to be better for your wrestling. You need to believe in it. And from the psychology of wrestling, I think. Peaking, I try to, I try to actually do the opposite of peaking, so to speak, with the mentality. I want, I want wrestling to be wrestling, and so that's always the goal. Is whether it's the national semifinals and everything's on the line, or whether it's a dual meet against a division three team that is zero and seventeen. You 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 get yourself up. You do the same warm up. You go out, you produce the kind of wrestling you, you want to produce, and if the guy's not good enough to keep up, you'll kick his butt. And if he is, then it'll be a close match. But you don't you don't change due to the circumstances, or else you'll change due to the circumstances. You know, so it's like if you train for things being more important than others, and from a mental aspect, if you train that that well, this is more important, and that's not as important. And this is when you do this, but this you definitely don't do this during this. Then that produces, you know, kind of that that pedestal. You know, you put you put circumstances on a pedestal. You 
you create these moments that are bigger than they are. Right. And then you just don't, you don't produce. So I want my goal, and, and, and obviously the circumstance is going to hold weight on its own. I understand that there's not enough good things that I can say to eliminate the importance of a circumstance completely. Like I'm not, there's not enough things I can say to make a random dual meet feel the same in the national finals. There's just not enough things I can say. Right. But just if I can just get them, you know, a little bit closer, you know, because obviously, but it, you know, so so if one's zero and one's a hundred, if I could just get them to official, I can just the closer you can value a practice match is finals, and as much as you can be. Or you can manage the stress in natural finals just practice to merge, the better off you're going to be. For sure, for sure. Um, so I guess um, in terms of coaching the guys the last seven weeks here, how much of it is, hey, as a team, we're all going to work on X, Y, and Z, and how much of it is just sharpening the saw, keeping guys fresh, and your coaching staff working with individual guys on, on different things. Like, like obviously, you know, to take a couple pretty obvious examples, like somebody's working with Tomasello on how to make sure he doesn't get road again by Spencer Lee, those kind of things. How much of it in terms of percentages we're going to work on things is, you know, I guess macro versus micro, one-on-one versus, you know, big picture. Um, I would say 50-50. Okay. Um, I think that, you know, at the beginning of the season, it's like 80-20, you know, the shell. Um, and then, toward the, you know, we'll even get even more honed in um, as we get into the postseason. But I think right now it's right around 50-50 just because you obviously – you want – I mean, there, there's specific things that will help want to get, out. People hey, get better out, in, in a certain – but, again, you don't want to – you don't want to spend all your minutes, about minutes preparing for a circumstance because you, you don't necessarily know how much of the circumstance played into Like, will Nate always get ripped by Spencer Lee? I don't know. I mean, like, does he, do we, did, have we worked with him specifically on bottom? Absolutely. But does he still need to get better at finishing a single leg? Yes. Does he still need to get better at defending his leg? Yes. Does he still need to get better at hand fight routine? Absolutely. And so all those things that are going to create long-term consistency, you keep, you still need to harp on because how many, you know, if you're talking percentages, how many matches are going to come down to him getting ridden out or not? And how many matches are going to come down to, can he get a takedown or not? You know, so that's exactly so, what we talked about that. It was such a unique way for him to lose the match, you know, that he had one takedown and, Obviously, Lee had two escapes in riding time, and you know the other argument is, well, if you get one more takedown, nobody's talking about him getting rode out. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, so we just, you know, definitely, uh, I think that the goal is always to keep, you know, keep figuring out wrestling. So we still do a lot of general. I'm losing you a little bit, Coach. I don't know if you're on a bus or anything like that.
Can you okay, hear? How about now? Perfect. You're perfect now. You said. Okay. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Okay. I was I was just talking about how you still want to make sure you're, you you don't want to give all your minutes to one specific circumstance. So you still want to make sure you're producing all the right things that this wrestler is going to grow and you know you spend your minutes in the things that are going to happen definitely. And you know that hand fighting is going to happen. You know that tag team is going to happen. You know that. So um, and then you, so so definitely yeah, I think fifty fifty is where we're at. I get it. So um, one. One real hard-hitting question before I go. You mentioned how you guys as a coaching staff all learn from each other. So I, I just need to ask you, and you know, serious, serious question. How much is Jay Jaggers uh, impacting your fashion style going into the national tournament? I mean, I'm never going to do what he does, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know the physique or the, the understanding. Hey, he's, he's he's found his niche. He's found his niche. He's he's he, he likes to look good. I just I guess I I don't I don't value that as much. Um, so sometimes I you know sometimes I actually get crap like Tom will be like, hey, dr- you know, dress a little nicer. And I'm like, oh, okay, my, my my bad, my bad. So I'm, I'm on the other end, but uh, so I need I need. I need to kind of meet in the middle somewhere. You're keeping it 100, though, Travell, and that's important. <laughs> so <laughs> you're keeping it real. So, uh, Travell, every time I talk to you, I know and we're not friends, but you're always just so generous with with what you know and your process and everything else, and you're a guy that I always look forward to talking to you. So I just want to thank, thank you for that because I think you're benefiting thousands of people across the country by – taking this time to do this. There's guys that are going to be better coaches. There's athletes that are going to be treated better. There's results that are going to improve because of, of you. So I, on behalf of all of us, I just want to thank you. Well, that, that means a lot. And uh, that's obviously the overall goal is maybe one day we can get the culture of just sports in general to be a little more positive and a little less stressful and that would just be good for everyone, right? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody says stuff like that, but – you know, you can tell by how you speak and how you live your life that, that you actually believe in that. So um, it's, it's, it goes without saying that I wish, you know, you and Jay Jaggers and Coach Ryan, and I know, actually know Anthony Ralph pretty well, and all your guys, I want to wish you guys the best of luck tomorrow, Big Tens, the rest of the season, and, uh, you know, good luck at Nationals, and I'm sure I'll see you in Cleveland. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for the support, man. Thank you so much. We'll